The Swain Event Podcast is driven by Beatty Chevrolet. For your new and pre-owned vehicle shopping needs, visit BeattyChevrolet.com. Deep down the middle's got his man, and he's gone! Jason Swain, touchdown! It's time for the Swain Event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whip him. It's time for the Swain Event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Give it to his mouth and a red flag. Event.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Hope y'all are having a wonderful Thursday. It's September the 21st. It's the best day of the week. Y'all, y'all didn't know? Ben McKee, Go Falls 247. I'm Jason Swain, live from the Low T Center Studio. It's Thursday, Ben. Are we ready? Are we ready for the game this weekend? Are we, are we ready? Yes. I guess. I guess so. I, I'm I'm interested to see how this football team responds. So I'm I'm excited for Saturday afternoon's game on the SEC network. I I am too, man. I want to see how individuals respond. I want to see how this team responds. This is the first bit of adversity. Not only that this this football team football program has really experienced from a combination of its own fan base and national uh, media, college football fans, SEC football fans. This is the first time, like, real, true adversity, criticism. First time for, you know, you throw in the athletic department as well. And it's what makes this place different than Central Florida, South Florida, Tulane, Houston. The winds are amazing. You beat Florida last year. It's an amazing scene. Alabama, no need to really explain. It speaks for itself, right? The wins are gigantic, but the losses are are heart, heartbreaking, especially when you don't play well. And what made the whole situation worse is how bad Florida played against Utah. So, yeah, like this is the first bit of serious adversity, Ben, um, that some of these players have experienced, some of these coaches have experienced. And um, do you ignore all of it? I don't know. I mean, sometimes seeing and hearing some of the criticism is, is kind of what you need if you know how to handle it the right way. But most of the time, athletes don't know how to handle it the right way. Um, so if you don't know how to handle it the right way, you must just block it all out. Um, but how will this team respond? You, you nailed it. I agree with you. There's some players individually that 
were highlighted in last week's meeting that did not play well. And I'll be watching to see what, what they do and how they bounce back. And then as a unit, there was some some poor play, and we'll see how they bounce back. But um, I watched some UTSA film yesterday. You watched them take that L to Army last Friday night? Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Army Army whooped up on them boys. Go Army. Beat Navy. I just, I don't, I don't know. It's hard to gather football. a lot, huh? It was beautiful football last Friday night. Okay. I mean, if you like watching Army play football, that's that's on you. Well, Army actually was a little fun to watch in that particular game. They've opened it up more they uh, offensively bit. this season. What's that? They threw it a little bit. More than yeah. than than normal. They were that was actually a pretty good game uh, last Friday night. I was watching it in a bar restaurant setting uh, in Lake City, Florida, just north of of Gainesville. Uh, so didn't have the the broadcast turned up, but was was watching every play, scouting Tennessee's week four opponent. I was working, of course, scouting Tennessee's week four opponent, UTSA, and uh, it, it was a nice back and forth football game. So. Uh, we'll see if Frank Wilson plays on Saturday. I think that's a a big key to their recipe. He has a toe. A toe. Uh, uh, I'm assuming it's turf toe, but he has a toe. He was in a boot. Yes, a turf side- toe. Yeah, he was on the sideline with the boot. Um, if he plays, I don't know how he's going to be anywhere close to himself and what may makes him really good. He's a quarterback that has experienced a ton of injuries. I don't know how he's going to last for for four quarters, but if you're Tennessee, you prepare for that and you prepare for him to be his best. Um, the backup quarterback there at um, UTSA, and we, we, when you're watching the UTSA Army film, like I didn't watch any of UTSA on defense because like we're not running with Army runs offensively, so I just didn't waste my time. Um, I did watch the offense of UTSA and <laughs> oh fans guess what you're gonna see a lot of from both teams on Saturday I know you excited about this you're gonna see a lot of screens to the outside for wide receivers Ike get it out there quick that's what you're gonna see and um, but I I, I, I real quick, Swain. I, I do yeah. think fans need to realize that Tennessee does that as an extension of the running game. If and this is where the the wide splits come into play to try and space out the defense. If it's clear that there's four or five guys in the box defensively for Tennessee's opponent, then they're gonna they're gonna hand it off. But if there's more guys in the box and they can account for more guys in the box that they can block then they dish it out to the perimeter these these wide receiver screens that they've done for three years now and now all of a sudden everybody's got a problem with it uh, it's it, it ex- Ben, what's that you know why people got a problem with it now it ain't the well, same the, yeah, yes because they're they're pushing the they're, they're not pushing the football down the field as much and against florida they didn't have as much success running the football but some some people have made it seem like it's just not smart football, I guess, over the last couple of days. And it, and within the system that they run, it is actually smart football. 
because it's an extension of the running game and they're tossing it out to the to the perimeter because it's an easy pitch and catch. You block a guy and you should get positive yardage, which on a side note, Swain, I don't feel like the the you can correct me on this, but it, it seems like Tennessee is not getting that extra yak this year on on these plays. And I, I wonder if if the blocking on the perimeter by the receivers not Brew McCoy, because as you mentioned on Twitter this week, that dude is a dog. I, I am not referencing Brew McCoy when I say this, but the other receivers, it, it seems like they, they haven't been as se- successful as, as run blockers this season. Uh, I'm proud of Squirrel. You know, he's he's small, and um, there's some physical limitations there with Squirrel when it comes to that particular play, whether it's blocking a bigger or stronger defender or – being able to shake off a defender when he has the ball in his hand, but he was so quick and decisive with his decision-making. Um, he was able to break some tackles. Guys wasn't able to really put his hands on him, and, and, and he did a good job running hard and falling forward. Um, There's a little helmet-to-helmet action there uh, on one of his runs, but he popped up, and um, I was really proud of how Squirrel ran the football. Uh, Thornton um, could be better as a runner. Uh, with the ball in his hands. I felt like he stopped his feet a little bit um, when he got a screen pass uh, on, on initial contact. Uh, Ramel's, Ramel's good, um, but, you know, Ramel's not someone that's going to give you that Cedric Tillman treatment either, you know, that stiff arm and being able to pick up more yards after the catch. And, you know, Brew is Brew. So, I mean, that's just a fair, honest assessment from what I saw from those four wide receivers against Florida. Listen, I – I understand, and I know you're not talking to me, but like folks have to understand the advantages of running the quick wide receiver screens to the outside. It is a numbers game, and it is something that we see more now of, and we should have saw more of it 15, 20 years ago. Like we, we used to talk about it. We, we talked about it more than we actually did it, and I wish we would have done more of the wide receiver screens when you had a linebacker trying to play in between the slot and in between uh, the box and tried to cheat and was able to play both. And uh, I didn't think we do it. We did a great job of space. We could have done a better job. So it's it's not that you shouldn't um, like the receiver screens. It's that for Tennessee fans, it can be a little annoying when that's the only thing that you have been able to do because um, – you can't do some some other things offensively because of the play of a particular group, and so that's yes, no. that's the thing that can become annoying and frustrating. So that's what I was talking about. Like you, you might see a bunch of it. You're gonna see a bunch of it from UTSA because I think the front for for Tennessee is gonna get those guys problems where they won't be able just to drop back uh, and, and throw the ball down the football field. So, and then you're not going to be able just to run it up the middle either. So getting the ball to the perimeter is something that UTSA is going to have to do. So you're going to definitely see it from their side. How much will we see it from Tennessee's side when Tennessee should and will have the physical advantage in the trenches? Like, do you have to throw it out there? Or are you going to say, no, we're going to run in between the tackles. And, and you know what else, what else we're going to do when we pass the ball? We're going to, we're going to drop back and we're going to, be in the pocket, and we're going to throw the ball down the football field. Or do we see what we saw in the first two games playing against inferior opponents and a ton of those uh, screens on the outside? Now, 
it's important to run those because it's, they're drive starters. Like it's first down and ten, boom, throw it out to the outside. Now second and 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 six or second and five. Now the tempo gets going really really fast. So yeah, man, there's 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 advantages, man. We got a phone call early. Let's get to a phone call right quick. Good morning. Swain, it's Jay, brother. How what you up, doing? Jay? Jay. Ben, Ben, hope you're doing well, too, Bubba. Thanks, Jay. I, I hey. am, and I hope you and yours are doing well as well. Yeah, Bubba. Th- hey, thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> uh, boys, uh, well, Swain, you wasn't lying, man. I, I went back and rewatched the game. But this team's definitely got issues blocking. Ain't no doubt about that. You had to rewatch it to um, see that? Say what? I said you had to rewatch it to see that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, uh, you know, once uh, once Joe threw that interception, I was kind of in a fit of rage, and I didn't really see much after that. I understand. Uh, I totally get it. No, but um, I, I think this game is important because it's not – if you come out and have a good showing and you look like the Tennessee of old, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to do that against SEC competition but it is a glimmer of hope. But if you come out and you look like the same old Tennessee that has this season and you still struggle and the offense still looks out of sync and you're still not blocking well, that's one third of your season. And you almost just have to kind of chalk it up to this is who we are. And this is who we're going to be this year. Um, I, I don't know if you can have much optimism for improvement like we're all of a sudden going to go against Alabama and A&M and start blocking the hell out of people and running our offense I just don't know how much optimism you can have for that and you know guys fair or unfair when people look at Heupel's track record and see that this guy's been at multiple schools with multiple quarterbacks and statistically at least every year he's produced really good offenses top 15, top 10, they're going to come to the conclusion that the one year that his offense struggles just so happened to be with a quarterback that has a reputation of being wildly inconsistent. Now, I'm not saying that's fair. I'm not saying that's the whole truth, but that is the conclusion that you know this fan base as a whole is going to come to. Yeah, I feel like some – I feel like some have – the same thought process, Jay. I mean, uh, I'm not going to sit here and say I, I agree with with all of that. I think there's some other factors for sure, and I think there's right. some, some some factors that that's fair to criticize, honestly. Um, but just lumping it all on, on Joe, uh, I don't think it's nor fair, uh, fair or nor <laughs> accurate uh, completely. So, yeah, like what if you if you don't play well this weekend? There's going to be a lot of apathy going into South Carolina about Tennessee's chances to to, to win in that in that football game, and that's and that's it's not supposed to be like that, guys. Like the moment Tennessee lost to South Carolina last week, last year, we were like, oh yeah, wait till we get you at our house. Wait till we get you at our house. We've been waiting on this mm-hmm. for months, and the last thing we need is to go into the South Carolina game saying to ourselves, I don't know. Don't you already kind of feel that way? No, I don't. I, I I do based off of how that offensive line played in the swamp on on 
Saturday. I, we're going to learn a lot I about do. this 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 particular football team over the next nine days. The, this this game against UTSA on Saturday afternoon and the game against South Carolina next Saturday night. Th- those two football games are going to tell us a lot about how the rest of the 2023 season is going to go. Jay, thanks thanks for the call, but we got to we got to run. Um, but like, think about the Florida game. It wasn't just the offensive line that got Tennessee beat the way we got beat. It was offensive line and tackling. Yeah, and deep, side. yeah. So like, if Tennessee's offensive line still has the same issues, which listen, it's not going to be dramatically better anytime soon. But if it can be better a little bit, but and the defense is better, you still can handle South Carolina. Like that, that's a possibility. So like, it was multiple factors that led to us losing the way we lost against Florida. If you clean up the other factors and you have better play offensive line-wise and you get Cooper Mays back, like that's the reason for the optimism. That's the reason why I don't feel like we're entering the South Carolina uh, game and this game feeling helpless and feeling like there's no chance to to play better. Like, it was one game. It was, it was, it was one game. So – um, Ready to get Cooper back for that South Carolina game. I I, <laughs> I know that much. And uh, Spencer Rattler's been been playing well. Just hasn't gotten much help uh, around him uh, because of some some inconsistencies up front along his offensive line and and their their weapons that have been banged up. Juice Wells, he he's probably not going to play. Finally got back for the Georgia game after being banged up all fall camp and then broke a bone in his foot. So I don't think that he would be able to play against Tennessee. Uh, but I guess my overall point is that Tennessee is closer to South Carolina than we realized coming into the season. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially right now, 865-255-03. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. You're listening to the Swain event. You don't say. Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Yeah. Hey, Knoxville, we all know the importance of mental health. Most people don't have regular mental health care. They often wait. Let's change that. Isn't it time we all consider our mental health as important as our physical health? If you are ready, Mind Body Wellness in Knoxville can help you design a plan for your mental wellness. We are accessible, affordable, and available. You are worth it. Visit mindbodyknoxville.com to schedule a mental wellness assessment today. When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go, Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Hey, Vol Nation. This is Charlie Pratt, financial representative with Modern Woodman and MWA Financial Services. Modern Woodman has been touching lives and securing futures for 140 years. Being born and raised here in East Tennessee, I'm honored to help East Tennesseans in all phases of life with retirement planning, investments, and life insurance. A big win on Saturday starts with preparation early in the week. 
A secure financial future starts with planning today. Contact my office today at 865-919-6468 to review your financial plan and make sure you are on track for success. As always, go Vols. Registered representative and investment advisor representative offering securities and advisory services through NWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Woodman of America, member of INCRA, SIPC. Good morning, Swain Event family. Take a deep breath in and release. We're all back together in the AM and life is good. If you have real estate needs, just give me a call, Jennifer Morris at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com and go Vols. Just because you can't call in doesn't mean that you have to sit on the sideline. Impact the show with a text box. It's part of the free Swain Event app. Eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three is our telephone number. Ben McKee, Go Vols two four seven. Jason Swain here with you. I'm live in the Low T Center Studio. We'll get to the Betty Chevrolet text box here first, but on the hotline we got we got Gene with us. Gene is joining us here on the Swain event. Gene, good morning. Oh, hold on. There we go, Gene. Sorry about that. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, How's sir. How's Ben this morning? How's Ben? I'm great. How ben? are you, Gene? I'm good. Oh, I'm wondering if we're missing Dolish more than we thought we were going to. Probably, Gene, because no one thought it would matter. From let me let me say let me say this. I won't say no one. We didn't hear anyone say, man. Oh man, we lost Golish, man. What are we gonna do? Like everyone was like, "Oh, okay, we got hype, but we good. Good luck, Golish." Right. I don't. I don't think Haswell is on the same page with with uh, our head coach like our former officer was. No. And also, Gene, we don't. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I do. I, I do think you also need to point out though that Joey Halsley does not have a top ten pick at right tackle. Uh, does not have a guard and, and Jerome Carvin who played a ton of really, really solid football, uh, a dynamic or a utility player in, in Princeton Fant that was very valuable last season. Uh, and then two NFL receivers in, in Jalen Hyatt and, and Cedric Tillman. The the personnel that Joey Halsley is working with is significantly different uh, than than the, the personnel that Alex Golish was working with. Oh, and I didn't even mention Hendon Hooker, the, the guy who should have been in New York in, in the Heisman finalist ceremony. I agree. But he also doesn't have his play calling experience. Yes, but I'm I'm not convinced I'm not convinced that Joey Halsley is the one calling the plays. So uh, I, I feel you. Uh, Tennessee certainly misses Alex Golish. Not not trying to insinuate that they're not at all. Alex Golish as Swain was just alluding to and, and detailing like he he was a, a big piece of the puzzle and did a lot to help this Tennessee offense and, and deserved more credit than he was receiving. Um, but I, I also think last year's circumstances are not this year's circumstances. Do you think that Cooper Mays being out is why we can't seem to get any tempo? Because this offense doesn't work without it. Uh, Cooper is a big, big reason. Um, you know, we had a conversation preseason about most important players on this football team. 
And and I was like, Cooper is the most important player in this offense, most important player in this football team, and listed off several reasons. And, like, you kind of see why I said that. Um, number one, he has experience, and um, he's been productive. Also, this tempo, I mean, it goes to another level. And you haven't been able to run your tempo the way you want to because you don't want to put your defense in a bad spot. Well, it just doesn't seem like there's any urgency to either. Where before you see everyone run to the line, get set. Now we're not doing that. We're walking to the line like we're running a conventional offense, which we're not. And uh, it's slower. Other teams are waiting for it. It's slow, but but uh, you got to think about it, Gene. When you have offense line is struggling and the offense is struggling the way it is, you got to play more of complementary football. So the days of having a series going three and out and possessing that ball on that drive for 43 seconds, you can't do that. You can't do that to your defense. Now, offensively, if you go three and out last year because of a drop pass or missed assignment or whatever reason, you just didn't get to the first down marker, you felt confident that, okay, we'll get the ball to the defense uh, or, or the offensive line defense play, even though we had a drive of less than a minute because we know the next drive, we're going to go score a touchdown. You have that confidence in your offense. Whereas now, it's like, I don't know. So let's let's slow the tempo down a little bit. Let's play more complimentary football to our defense. And let's hope the next drive that we can generate um, some more offense and go down and score. Last year, you had more certainty that you would be able to do it. So I think you're seeing more uh, of complimentary football this year than last year. That's why the tempo is not not as fast. And one of the reasons why is because Cooper is not out there. All right. Well, guys, it's not the year we thought we were going to start with, that's for sure. No, nope. <laughs> we thought we were going to be 3-0, and but we're 2-1. and one. So, you know, you handle that's business right. this week, next week, you will be 4-1 and one with a bye week going into Texas A&M, which, hey, not the worst thing ever. Say it would that. not be the first thing ever to be, to be four, four and one going into Texas a and that's for sure. But you got to handle business, and you got to improve, Gene. Well, guys, I'm going to let you go. I appreciate the fact that you're doing Tuesdays and Thursdays now. I love hearing you back in the morning. All right. Well, thank, hey, Gene, thank you so much, my friend. We look forward to continuing to do it Tuesdays and Thursdays right here uh, on the Swain event. All right, let's go back to the phones. And uh, who do we have with us? This is Vault Nation, man. What's up, Vault Nation? I'm doing good, bro. How y'all doing, man? Man, wonderful. Wonderful. Hope you are, too. Yeah, good seeing you. Oh, yeah. Doing great, man. We're on vacation uh, in Kissimmee right now and uh, enjoying some family time. You know, nothing like seeing your grandbabies splash around in the water and uh, have a good time as a granddaddy. Uh, you just kind of sit back and watch, man. So it's been, it's been great. Oh, man. I, I bet but, it's uh, great, but I'll, I'll, um, I'll take my time. Experiencing that, my friend. What, uh, what, you, what you got on your mind today? Oh, uh, man. Uh, one, would thank you for uh, getting a chance to, to see you. I apologize for going to give you a call. So, you know, it's the first time actually my daughter actually been in the stadium. She's been there multiple times, but not necessarily actually in the stadium. So, uh, next time I'll give you a heads up and let you know we're in town and we can hang out. But yes, sir. Watching this game, I think you, you summarized it perfectly. I know, we, sh- we should not be in a panic about trying to replace the coach, replace the quarterback. You know, there's so many different facets of the team that, particularly in the first half, 
uh, they did not execute very well. They looked like they did not meet the moment. Uh, a lot of it was undisciplined pre-snap penalties, getting off schedule, uh, then trying to make that up. Uh, then the poor tackling on the defense. It, it was a lot of different factors. You know, and the second half they looked like they were a little bit more in sync. Uh, they got on schedule, even with some of the poor um, officiating that was taking place that not many people have talked about. But anyway. Uh, they they looked a lot better. And like you said, I think when you look at the tempo, when you look at the urgency, when you look at the structure of how they function, it starts with the center. People think it's the quarterback, but really the center being able to walk up to the line, being able to identify what's going on, get the offensive line ready to go, and them communicating, and then him working with the quarterback to make sure everybody understands the blocking assignments and what's going on pre-snap, and then hiking the ball and moving. And I think when Cooper Mays comes back, those a lot of that stuff will be fixed, uh, pertaining to that. But once again, you're missing not only Cooper Mays, you're also missing missing Mincy because of his foolishness that you know. So I think the offensive line rotation has been a little bit out of sync, which has caused a major problem, along with the inconsistency of the offense and the defense. So uh, I think Joe overall didn't play, you know his best football, but he wasn't extremely bad either. And to think that Nico was going to actually come in and do a better job to me is a little short-sighted just because you're putting a lot of pressure on a freshman to come in, though he may be a little bit more talented to come in and understand the offense at that level and play at that level, particularly in the swamp with all the different factors of the offensive line and everybody not necessarily doing their job. So I'm excited about us progressing. Like I'm with you guys. I'm thinking, you know, this weekend and and then the weekend after that of South Carolina is going to show a lot about what this football program is really about pertaining to this team this year. And if they can get their stuff together and progress, I'm not very impressed by Alabama. I'm not super impressed by Georgia. You know, there's not many teams I am very impressed by. You can look at Ohio State, not very impressed with them either. You know, to me, I look at the schedule, Clemson, it don't really matter who it is. I'm not very impressed with anybody, except maybe Colorado, you know, watching Dion out there doing thing. But I'm not overly impressed with that either. But I'm saying that if we can progress week in and week out and get better and get back on schedule and do what we need to do, we can still have a very successful season. Uh, so I don't think they need to throw, throw Joe Milton away and, and trash the season, the trash the coach, trash the scheme. You know, it's a it's a work in, in, in progress. Like you said, we lost a lot of NFL guys last year. And maybe we didn't appreciate Hendon Hooker as much as we should have. And how such a special talent he really was. And then, like I said, yeah, Goldish isn't here. But once again, I think, you know, the head ball coach right now is probably calling a lot of the plays, <clears throat> which all this came from him anyway. But it's just you know, understanding that we're still having to work through a progress or a process of getting this team actually playing as a unit. And it's just going to take some time. So yeah. that's yeah. all I got to say, bro. I, I just wanted to get you guys' opinion on that and continue to hear what you guys got to say, man. And congratulations, Ben. My wife just told me about something. I guess she called Facebook about number two. Is that right? Yep. We're, the McKees are expecting baby number two in March. So we're very excited about that. Uh, and appreciate the well wishes. Uh, Yes, sir, man. You're a great father. Both of you guys are, man. I'm really proud of both of y'all, man. Thank Love you. you both, man. Hopefully, I get a chance to see y'all soon. Tell Savannah your wife and 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 um and um and Savannah your wife hello. 
miss you guys. Hopefully get a chance to hook up and, and get a chance to say see each other face to face. All right, man. All right. Vault Nation, thank you. All right, talk to y'all soon, bro. For the phone call. Jimmy Key got that message from Kamari. You are the father. You are the father. Well, we we haven't confirmed it. I, I have been assuming stop. these last couple don't, of months that I am the cut. father. You, Maybe. Better, you better stop. You better stop. 865-255-03 uh, is our telephone number. Let's go back to the phones. And uh, good morning. Who do we have with us? Uh, Justin in Florida. Good morning, boys. Oh, Justin in Florida, man. Um, big hug. Thoughts and Thoughts and prayers with you, my man, down there in Florida. Ben, who is worse right now, the Red Sox or the Yankees? Hmm, I'm, I'm not having this this conversation today. Last time I looked earlier in the week, the Yankees were a game ahead of you all, the Red Sox, in, in fifth place and last. So I'll, I'll take what I can get, I guess. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, it's been a brutal season for baseball. I I got to admit, I can't even watch it anymore. I only I only know Tennessee but, baseball, Jay. Well, not Jay, Justin. I only I know I only know Tennessee baseball, and they start they start fall you, practice any, next week. That that's the only baseball I know. Well, apparently not, because apparently you're hitting home runs around the house. Congratulations on number two. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, wanted to wanted to kind of call in. There was, I think it was like two, maybe three callers ago, was talking about you know this team, uh, you know, possibly still getting up to where we were last year, and you know that's that's probably a little unfair. And I think you guys have done a great job pointing it out that in some of the things that we've lost, it, it's not that we can't be good, but getting back up to that level. I think is going to be hard for the personnel we have. And there's, I think there was still just too many, you know, questions coming into the year, but with regards to that, I hear, like, I always hear about the defense and the tackling and I hear Tim Banks' name mentioned. I hear the play of the corners. I hear Willie Martinez's name mentioned. One thing I'm not hearing right now, I have not heard out of anybody. Glenn Ellerby's name mentioned because I would love for someone to ask this question. What was the plan at backup center coming into this year? Because as important as Cooper is, I think he's also battled through a lot of like dings and nicks. And he's, I give the guy credit for being a warrior and playing through being hurt, but he's definitely been, you know, at times, you know, playing through stuff because we needed him to. In year three, don't you think it is safe to assume we'd have at least a backup center identified? Because if I'm not mistaken, right before the season when Cooper got hurt, they started, quote-unquote, trying guys out at center. Like, that's something I thought you would hear in year one, not in year three. And I haven't heard anything mentioned about that in terms of personnel because i went back and watched the spring game and because i said who's who's the center running with the twos at the time and i missed it and it was parker ball who i really really like the kid but that's that's a walk-on and like where's that scholarship you know been with the program a couple of years sort of next guy up 
because I know we're still in the middle of this season, but if Cooper decides to possibly try and go to the league, what's sort of the plan for for next year? Like, what? where's the progression? I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on that. <laughs> Ooh, uh, see, what had happened was. Well, <laughs> I'll give you the answer, Justin. Um, the plan was to have Addison Nichols as, as your backup center. Um, and he's not ready. And because he's not ready, you had to do some musical chairs for the center position and move Ollie Lane to that center position and then find a replacement for Ollie Lane at left guard. Um, and so if you look at the last two recruiting classes, offensive line for, for Tennessee, for us, um, there's not a guy right now playing. And if you are going to LOB, that cannot happen with this year's recruiting class and it cannot happen moving forward. You got to nail uh, the transfer portal. I mean, you got to bring in probably a dang near whole new offensive line from the transfer portal. Um, That's what it kind of it, it kind of feels that way because Campbell could be gone. Spragans most likely is gone. Crawford's definitely gone. Cooper could leave, and Ollie Lane's gone. So I'm hearing maybe one guy returns, if not all five. Yeah, and it's not. Is it that simple to bring in that many offensive linemen and get them to learn this offense at this tempo? I you, you brought two again. In. That question. That that question also goes back to Glenn Ellerby in what the hell are we doing? Yeah, that 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 is a legitimate question, uh, Justin. I mean, Nichols, Reddick, Heron, Grant, Clipper, like yeah. they got to make a huge jump next year. I mean, they have to. Yeah. And you have to go out and you have to get some guys from the portal, which Tennessee was able to go get two this year, and you're going to have to go get more, and you can't miss um, at, at all. So, yeah, like I know people are wanting to see Nico, but next year's offensive line may be in a worse shape than this year's offensive line if we don't develop and recruit at a high level from the transfer portal and – we got to make sure that we don't miss with some of these freshmen. I don't expect freshman linemen to come in on either side of the football and play day one, but when you have four or five come in or six come in, can one of them possibly be ready at some point during the season or be ready their second season? I think that's that's not too much to ask. So like, we got we to gotta nail that. Like We have to nail that. And, and Josh Heupel said it, the biggest difference between – the SEC and anywhere else in college football is the trenches and the quality of players you have to deal with and block on the defensive line. So you ain't wrong, Justin. Okay. It's just right now. It just feels like it's a personnel problem in that, you know, we, it, it, we, we don't, it, but like our personnel was better in year two. And now we're, I mean, I always expected this to be a three, four year turnaround just because of where we were at. And it takes time and everything. And I felt like year two kind of, you know, spiked us up. A lot of things clicked. We, you know, were probably kind of fortunate with the injury bug and it, we avoided it for the most part. And this year it's hit us, you know, Keenan Peely, 
Cooper Mays. You know, we'll get those guys back, you know, at some point this season. But coming into SEC play, you start going around and looking at a lot of positions. I mean, I wouldn't – I guess I wouldn't have expected this out of this staff in year three, especially after sending guys to the league, going 11-2, and two, being the sixth-ranked team in the country, and combine that with NIL opportunities for guys to come in. So, again, I think there's a lot of questions that Heifel needs to sit down and ask some of his position coaches and saying, all right, what are we doing? What's our plan for this year, next year, year after? Because I feel like it's kind of we're doing this on the fly. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're too, Justin, and thank you, man, for, for the great phone yeah, call. Yeah, you're, you're too shocked and spoiled us because year two is supposed to be year three when you look at the progression of a program when a coach takes over. So first year, you, you wasn't even close to, to Florida. It wasn't even close to Alabama in those games. And then you lost – this year to Florida um, by two scores. But in year two, you beat Florida and was winning by multiple scores at one point before they let them come back into the game. Year Last year felt like it cut the rebuild off by two years. And because last year was so special, year two of rebuild, now you're seeing why it was going to be a, a four-year uh, rebuild. But there's work to be done. There's work to be done. Ain't no doubt about it. Um, and it starts on the offensive line. It, it is work to be done. But you do have the NIL, and you do have a coach that can develop, but we got to be really great recruiters. We got to be great recruiters. That's the only way it's going to work. You got to be a great recruiters. No one cares how much you can develop. In the SEC, you got to be able to do both. And in some cases, you got to be a better recruiter than you are a developer. In some cases, there's teams that won championships with coaches who are better recruiters than developers. So we just got to hit the pavement and uh, we got to recruit better. I mean, that's, that's, there's really no other way around it. 865 255 We'll take a, a quick comeback, a quick time out and we'll come back you okay Ben Justin make your eyebrows hit the top of your head hit, make make your jaw hit the hit the flow I mean that, that's that's a thought that I've had all week long is it's it's been more poor roster management in my opinion that they did not have a clear-cut center you mentioned Addison Nichols but there was even question about him even being a true center in the first place so Poor roster management there that they've got to solve this offseason. Yep, 100%. 865-255-03. We will be right back. Stay with us. You're listening to The Swain Event. And you know this, man. Here in Knoxville, we love it when a squirrel's in the checkerboards. But when there's a squirrel in our attic... That's all sides. When that happens, call Alpha Wildlife. 
They're Knoxville's veteran-owned and operated wildlife removal company. When unwanted critters put their feet up on your coffee table, call 865-224-6555. Let the Tennessee fans at Alpha Wildlife evict those unwanted tenants and set your home up with a winning defense to keep that wildlife where it belongs. That's Alpha Wildlife at 865-224-6555. They have locations in Nashville, Memphis, Chattanooga, and in parts of South Carolina. Check them out online at alphawildlife.com. What's up, fellas? It's Swain. When it comes to health, there are numbers every man needs to know, including your testosterone number. I recommend going to Low T Center. They make it quick and easy to get your levels checked, and it's only $25. You walk in, take a simple blood test, and with their on-site lab, you'll know your results in 25 minutes. Low testosterone levels can make you feel tired and grumpy, can cause lack of motivation and drive. It can raise your cholesterol, cause weight gain, and loss of muscle mass. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment. Low T Center, reinventing men's healthcare. Dead End Barbecue has you covered when you need the food to be on point for your next event. Go to deadendbbq.com to learn more or call 865-414-9417. Dead End Barbecue, the catering search is over. Hey there, Swainament crew. Just like fall sports, the Knoxville area real estate market is strong and growing stronger. We're in everything region. When you get the big orange itch to buy, sell, or invest, call me, Jennifer Morris with Keller Williams Realty at 865 865- Two five seven seven eight nine seven, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Go Vols! Looking for a different way to enjoy the show? Yes! Then check out Swain Event TV on YouTube. Eight six five two hundred fifty five oh three. We have some callers uh, earlier. Phone lines have been on fire, man, uh, today. So thanks for, for the phone calls, and uh, we miss you. Uh, phone lines are open for you. Uh, the Patty Chevrolet text box is always, always open, and uh, so we'll we'll get to our Patty Chevrolet text box. SUVs, trucks, used cars available for you, starting low as low as nineteen nine nine five. That is Patty Chevrolet. Com. All right, let's um, let's get back to the phones. Let's do that, Ben. Let's get back to the phones. Let's see who we have with us this morning. Good morning. Yo, it's Stokes. <laughs> what? Wait, what? Stop. Ah. What? What alternate universe am I what? in right What's now? What's going on, man? You mean Seth Stokes? The one and the only. Oh man. Yes, Boogie. My man. Seth My Strokes. God. <laughs> <laughs> nah, never mind. That's Ben. Hey, what's up? That's Good Ben right now. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? What's up? <laughs> what's up? What's up, Seth? Don't be mad, y'all jealous. <laughs> hey, man. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for everybody that, that has kids out there. I've got Seth's kids, but I'm glad I missed all that baby stuff. You are the father. Yeah. It, it, it's it's going to be fun. <laughs> two under two should be interesting. I like sleep too much. <laughs> me, me too. Unfortunately. <laughs> oh my goodness, gentlemen! It's uh, it's another year. It's another week after a disappointing loss to Florida, and um, you know, it's another time us Tennessee fans are scratching our heads, saying, "What the hell, man?" Um, just I don't know. I think there's some overreaction as usual. I think there's some genuine concern. Um. 
Joe Milton stuff needs to, to hush. My only my only concern with Milton, and I know that we got spoiled rotten with Hendon Hooker. Like that that kid, the more you watch this team this year, the more I hope people are appreciating what he brought to the table, much like people have with, with Josh Dobbs through the Garantano years. Like I hope people are understanding how special that kid was and still is, obviously. But uh, my my only concern with Milton, and I know the offensive line plays a huge factor in this, but y'all have touched on communication. Heifel's touched on communication. They seem to be doing a little more check with me. Do do they? It seems like maybe they don't have quite the level of trust from a hey, just go out there, operate the offense, check with us in certain situations, but you just go make it make it happen. Is is Am I kind of on the right track with that? I think you're seeing, Seth, on the road, you, you have a particular play that's called, and then the defense is giving you a, a different look, and then you know mm-hmm. you can't do that play that was called because right. of the look the defense just, just switched to, and now you have to check. Um, but you got to do it fast. You got to communicate with the offense line. It's hard to communicate when it's so noisy. Um, which is why we haven't seen a lot of timeouts and pre-snap penalties at home, but we've seen them, you know, we saw them on Saturday. So I think some of that is, is the case, but it could be also what, what you mentioned. Um, I, I can't definitively say and put my finger right right on it, but I, I will say that, that uh, what I mentioned has to be part of the reason um, that we have pre-snap penalties, or mm-hmm. delay games, and calling timeouts to prevent delay games. Uh, that has to be some of it too. Right, and, and that's what I tweeted out you know, during the game um, after we burned our second timeout in the third quarter. Um, like it, it seems like, like for all his physical tools and attributes, Joe just doesn't seem to have the level of grasp of the offense that I feel that with Hooker, um, and, and it's – Yes, it is unfair to compare Joe to Hendon because they're two different players, (laughs) but that's what we have, right? That's what what we have. Um, But when you look at how the offense operated last year and how it's operating this year, my my big criticism of Milton is it it seems that he just – they don't have the level of trust to say, hey, you make the check. Like, you, you change the play. Like, you read the defense, you change the play, keep this thing running quickly, whereas I think you saw that a little bit more with Hendon last year. Um, but regardless of even if he did have that trust, I don't trust the offensive line to block for him to execute properly. Um, you're seeing what 33% of his passes have been completed behind the line of scrimmage because he has no time to throw the ball. That's been a concern for me. That's a concern for me moving forward. I think that, uh, gets better, um, with time with getting Cooper Mays back whenever that happens. Um, I think the offensive line will be able to elevate a little bit. You'll get guys playing more of their, Natural positions at that point. When a guy like Mays is out, it kind of throws. It's it's a little bit of sand in the gears. It doesn't run as smooth, right? Um, but my my biggest concern is where is where is the effort in the tackling, as it's been talked about at nauseum, and why is this staff not playing some of the younger guys a little bit more? Like I don't understand Haddon being put back in the game, and I don't understand. I just don't understand why a kid with that much talent continues to make some of the most boneheaded decisions and mistakes uh, a, a guy that's been playing for a couple of years can make. And the the play is off. 
the lack of effort at times, and how he keeps seeing the field so much. Like, I think the one knock on this staff to this point is a little bit of roster management, but also, are, are they just slow at developing players? Are they are they missing in recruiting a little more than we think they are? And, and maybe some some players are bigger projects than than they had originally thought. Like, what? Where are we at with that? Uh, Stokes, I think when you look at this, the staff and you know, look look at development. I mean, Rodney Garner obviously is the goat when it comes to development. Yeah. But secondly, I mean, based on history, I mean, you got to look at Willie Martinez. I think Willie Martinez is also the best recruiter. I mean, too. So, like, um, I think it's fair to question why Willie plays veteran guys sometimes over younger players when those veteran players are not playing with a sense of urgency that we know mm-hmm. is required to be successful on defense and missing tackles and not and not showing the best effort. I think this game um, is going to be a telltale sign of kind of what the staff is thinking, especially uh, in the secondary. Because Tim Banks is a secondary coach, too, at the end of the day, who's our yep. defense coordinator. So I think this is a game where you got to play young guys. You can't have a lot of uh, rope with older players who, who are not doing what they need to be doing. Like, you you got you to put younger dudes in. Um, this is a game, I, I think, to do that roster management was always going to be a question the moment you had 30 players hit the portal. Um, but the last two recruiting classes with the offensive line, uh, not being able to play any one of those guys right now is certainly something mm-hmm. you can't ignore and, and just and just kind of breeze over. Um, we just, we got to play better. We got to, we got to call it better. We got to coach it better. We got to recruit better. Like, <laughs> There's no hiding. Like, there's no ducking. There's no hiding. Um, It's not all one thing. It's not all Alex Golish. It's not all Joe Milton. It's not all offensive line because there was times when Joe had opportunity to hit uh, a Ramel Keaton on a slant round third down, but hit the it, it, it was a you know skipper in the dirt um, mm-hmm. or the rollout there on fourth down where um, Squirrel White was open and and he chose to run and got you know got tackled like. You can't defend Joe on those. Like, you got to make those plays. You got to be better. But the interception that Joe threw, like, that ain't all on Joe. Like, you got to have blocking. Um, We've seen Joe hit receivers and be perfect passes. Then the receiver drop. It didn't happen in the Florida game. It's just people are taking turns messing up. Like, we can't keep taking turns. Like, everybody got to do their job at the same time. And I I think that's um, the, the biggest issue, Stokes. And then... There's some short-term things that you, you can figure out um, this year with Cooper Mays getting back and then you know, calling mm-hmm. it a little bit different to help the offensive line. But, you know, as soon as the season's over, um, and not even as soon as the season's over, you got to be doing that right now, recruiting for next season. Uh, yes. But, yeah, we got to get better uh, from a personnel standpoint uh, with the offensive line. So oh, that's where we are. No yeah, that's, that's true. Luckily this year it seems like, you know, a lot of teams in the SEC – I don't necessarily want to say down, but there seems to be a, a little bit more parity in the league this year. Yeah. Um, some teams that normally dominate are struggling. So this loss was super disappointing. Um, that doesn't mean the season is over. The sky is not falling yet. No. Um, I'm very glad that we have a team like UTSA coming in this weekend because they're going to be tougher than probably tougher than Virginia and Austin. No, definitely tougher than Austin P. So it's it's not going to be you know necessarily a hard game but one that's going to challenge some guys uh, to an extent. And I agree with you. I think that it's, it, we're really going to see what this team is made of this week. I don't see how you cannot have young guys 
playing some heavy heavy snaps this Saturday. I just I don't I don't see how you can get away with not doing it, uh, especially in the secondary. But there's a lot to clean up, a lot to fix. I just I don't think the sky is falling yet. I think last year was special. Last year everything clicked almost every game, which makes that South Carolina game that much more disappointing. But you had NFL linemen uh, on offense and defense. You had NFL receivers. You had a generational type Heisman front runner at one point. Excuse me, a quarterback. Everything just worked mm-hmm. last year, unexpectedly. So, mm-hmm. like it, it. This is kind of probably more along the lines of reality. Yeah, like this, and, this is this is year two. Right. And last year felt like it was year three. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, you get those situations where it's like, oh, we're way ahead of the curve. But it's right place, right time. Everything kind of bounces your way. And the one thing that was there last year that we didn't see at the South Carolina game and that is popped up this year is, I think, overall the sense of urgency and the effort. I think maybe there's a little bit of, hey, we were – so good last year we're just gonna pick right up where we left off and you know we've arrived and that's not the case um this roster while there's a lot of talent still has holes still has depth issues still needs like you can't go from just one one year being like hey we're on the right track to having a spectacular year going oh it's all fixed because it's not Mm -hmm. and we're seeing that now um that's why i want to ask a couple questions i was pondering over the week and you know want to talk to you guys it's been a little while and you know, there's a lot of good football left to be played. Just got to clean some stuff up. I, I don't, I don't like pre-snap penalties. That's ridiculous. That's a discipline thing, and I don't like lack of effort. Those are my two biggest complaints on this season. Hey, we gotta fix it, Stokes. Hey, man, it's so good to hear from you, man. What a surprise! Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on. Congratulations again, Ben. Man, y'all keep killing it. All right, man. Love you, man. Thanks, Stokes. Great to hear from you. Oh, wow. Pleasant surprise from our guy Seth Stokes. Could have texted brother, My, let, uh, know, let us know he was on call. The, the the guy who got me going in this business. I know. Teaching me how to press all the buttons at the old studio. Yeah, man. He could have let a brother know. No warning no, or anything. The, the, the surprise is better. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I guess so. All right, let's hit this uh this text box, man. A lot of good stuff here. Uh, and we just haven't been able to get to the text box because of our phone calls, which have been really good. Uh, the Beatty Chevrolet text box, BeattyChevrolet.com. We'll be get down to the beginning of the show. Wallace Mink says, before the season, we knew that there would be an O-line issue. Lots of talk was around how uh, even that was the case. It, you don't have to be perfect, but it seems like Hypo's offense needs that O-line. Well, like Swain said, uh, the block um, block off the charger to work first. First it is, has offense line play been worse or does Hypo's offense have to be have to have a better line than many people assume? There's not any offense that's going to be successful without offensive linemen. It's not one offense. I'm sorry, like – you can't be good offensively if you don't have protection because to be the best offense you can be, you're able to win in multiple situations. So like when there's obvious run on third down and one, like you'll be able to run the football. 
At the end of the day, you got to be able to run the football like a wing T or power I or power T offense. Like when it's short down and 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 short yard situations, it don't matter about splits. It doesn't matter about tempo. It's third and one. It's fourth and one. It's me versus you. But then there's other situations where you have to win too on the offensive line where it is an open field and then you can spread people out and you can have some elements of air raid, but also running the football with power and toughness. Like good offense are able able to do all of it. And this Tennessee offense last year was able to do that because you had an offense line that exceeded everyone's expectations. So there's not an offense in the history of football that could be good, great, and Tennessee was great last year, without an offensive line. Like, you just, you just, you just can't. You just can't do it. Uh, Raleigh Ball says, on the way to work, love y'all. Appreciate that. Um, is this game one of the most important games to not lose a fan base so that the environment against South Carolina is where it should be? Got to have Neil and Rockin against South Carolina. I mean, folks, folks pay for them tickets now. <laughs> uh, Vault teacher, people pay for them South Carolina tickets. Like they, they coming to the game. But I think it's important for the buildup of the South Carolina game to come out and look better than you did against Florida. Like there's a lot of folks that that, that had this game circled on their calendar based on what happened last year and how um, Frank Frank Beamer Shane Beamer ran it up. Oh, he ran it up on purpose last year. And there's a lot of dudes on this football team that was there in Columbia last year that they'll they'll be ready. They better be ready because you can't lose that one. I mean, I didn't see us losing two games in September. Can't, can't let that happen. A man of male, Mac, is it an overreaction to think that maybe there are some locker room issues? Hearing Joe's comments about come together or separate. Simpson's cheetah pick. Beasley not being surprised by lack of discipline. Feels like this team is lacking the, that leadership and continuity it had when Hooker was at the helm. No, this this team don't have the same leadership when Hooker was at the helm. Because Hooker was a unbelievable leader. Like, we were going to downgrade, folks, from him to Hooker. We, we understand that, right? There was going to be a drop-off. Hendon is that special. It's a reason why he climbed the draft boards with a torn ACL because he was that impressive in his interviews with scouts and personnel people. He's that special, folks. People ran through a brick wall for him. People followed him. That's why this team was really, really good last year. Um, Dylan's he dude, he should he he mad he didn't play. I would be mad too. Now I don't know if putting it on social media uh in that way was, was the best move, but I I understand. And he should have played. And I like that he ain't happy about not playing. And uh, I understand. But I don't contribute that to uh, contribute that to like locker room issues, which hey, I mean, he, 
you, you can if you want to. I just I just don't. Uh, Joe's comments about coming together separate. Um, I don't know. Like I, I, I don't think there's a or. I, I think there's only one option here, and that is to 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 play together and come together. I mean, these guys had a team meeting you know, a couple of days prior, and so may have to have another one to make sure you know. See, I, are are guys comfortable calling each other out? Are you comfortable calling your peers out or demanding? more from your peers and that's the way to do it like you don't have to call somebody out the name you don't have to i mean there's just a way to do it um it's, it's how you package it all but I, I don't think there's any serious locker room issues right now um cooper if healthy i feel like needs to play i think if cooper is healthy and people feel like he's healthy and he's not playing and offensive line is struggling, folks are going to look around and be like, um, mm, we ain't coming, man. We out here struggling. I, that that can maybe be something, but um, uh, Herney is no joke. That is no joke at all. So hopefully when we see him, he elevates the play of the offensive line in a huge way. Uh, but I don't look at what's going on right now and say there's there's some some serious locker room issues like when you lose like that at, at, on the on, on the road at Florida like you're gonna be upset and Beasley and Joe were interviewed for after the game and that's hard to do like you don't want to talk but you have to talk because you're one of the seniors and sometimes it comes out wrong it does I also think Joe. I think I think Joe was also just kind of talking to talk to get through his interview to to the point that you just made, yeah. And was using that line as as more of of a coach speaky line, if if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I think he was just trying to get through the interview. Yeah, I'm not uh, nitpicking that man. I, like, yeah, like, and, like I said and, on Tuesday, like I I said I'm not gonna nitpick it, but there's no or. There's we're burning right. the ships. We are coming together. Um, because I know how it is to be in that moment after a loss. Like you really not trying to talk. Um, you just trying to get get it over with. And you know that you need to do it because you are one of the, the seniors and uh you're supposed to be one of the leaders. So I mean te- technically there there is an, an or because it could spiral out of control and, and and go the negative way. But as a player losing your third game of the season in September, you can't allow your mind to to go to that place. I mean I listened to Zach Arnett's interview. Uh, it, it popped up on TV after Mississippi State's loss to LSU, and, and he said the same thing. Not not the same words, but he alluded to the same thing. Like, hey, after a loss like this, we can either all come together and, and make corrections that, that need to be made, or we continue to do what we're doing, and we're going to be sitting up at this podium discussing a, a lot more losses like this one uh, throughout the course of the season. Uh, and, and then with Aaron Beasley, he has since claimed that that he did not understand the question, which is very, very possible, obviously. But also, on the flip side, I also have a hard time believing that how undisciplined Tennessee was against Florida, that that just popped up out of nowhere. Like, those those mistakes that we saw on Saturday aren't mistakes that just pop up out of nowhere. That, that to me, is is something that, that has been happening 
throughout the course of of camp and, and we even saw it the first two weeks it wasn't as as magnified because you weren't playing Florida on the road in the swamp and and you didn't lose but we, we, we're it's it's kind of been a trend this season so uh, I I think he did get emotional and what was frustrated after the game uh, and maybe said a, a little too much even with one word but he has since said through Tennessee that he did not understand the question and, and he should have asked uh, to repeat the question. But on the flip side, the, the conspiracy theorist in me, which I'm not much of a conspiracy theorist, like I also have a hard time, like all these undisciplined issues just popped up out of nowhere. Uh, I'll make this last point and we'll go to break and we'll come back and, get, and go to the phones. Um, Joe's come together to separate. I, I'll make this um, point in addition to what I've already said about it. Because really at the end of the day, Joe can't make anyone else do their job. He can't make anyone else play hard. He can't make anyone else watch extra film. He can encourage. He can lead by example. But really, at the end of the day, it ain't just Joe. Like, other guys have to go do their job and play with the same intensity that they need to play with to, to go out there and, and, and win uh, and play at a high level. So, like, also consider that when trying to pull apart Joe's comments, like, yeah, Joe can do everything he can to try to lead from being vocal and uh, leading by example. And I don't expect him to be as good as the leader as Hendon because I'm sorry, Hendon was the best. <laughs> and so um, we'll see this weekend, man, how this team responds. When you lose like you lost to Florida, man, there's so many questions are going to pop up of why. Trying to put your finger on it and, hey, is this the reason? Or is that the reason? Man, just just go ball. Just go play. And some of those questions will, will go away. At least for a couple of days until you play another SEC opponent. 865-255-03. Swain Event, Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Be right back. What's up, Swain Event family? It's great to be on board. This is Taylor Hawkins with Modern Woodman Fraternal Financial, and I have one question for you. When was the last time you have slowed down and evaluated your financial situation? Just like the Vols, a great game plan leads to victory. Let us help you achieve your financial goals with a custom-made game plan. No matter what stage of life you're in, protecting your family and hard-earned money is important. So let one of our local and trusted financial professionals secure your future by visiting one of our 10 branch offices across Tennessee or give us a call locally at 865-312-5638. And remember, go Vols. Registered representative and investment advisor, representative offering securities and advisory services through NWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Woodman of America, member of INCRA, SIPC. Hey there, Swain Event fam. If you're currently renting and just about priced out of your place, give me a call. Jennifer Morris with Keller Williams Realty at 865-257-7897. You may be able to buy a home and have monthly payments less than your rent. And wouldn't you rather pay your own mortgage than someone else's? Hope to hear from you soon and go Vols. Here in Knoxville, we love it when a squirrel's in the checkerboards. But when there's a squirrel in our attic, that's all sides. When that happens, call Alpha Wildlife. 
They're Knoxville's veteran-owned and operated wildlife removal company. When unwanted critters put their feet up on your coffee table, call 865-224-6555. Let the Tennessee fans at Alpha Wildlife evict those unwanted tenants and set your home up with a winning defense to keep that wildlife where it belongs. That's Alpha Wildlife at 865-224-6555. They have locations in Nashville, Memphis, Chattanooga, and in parts of South Carolina. Check them out online at alphawildlife.com. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss stem cell treatment and PRP. If you have orthopedic injuries, you should give them a call. That's right, Jason. We specialize in regenerative non-surgical orthopedics. So we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints by using ultrasound-guided injections with stem cells or PRP. And this form of treatment actually stimulates the body's own reparative process and allows for healing of the damaged tissue. So, Doc, what makes your training different than others? Well, Jason, I've been practicing in Knoxville for 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. At Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own bone marrow stem cells or PRP. So in other words, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, trsportsmedicine.com, East Tennessee's leader in PRP and stem cell therapy. When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go. Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. The conversation doesn't stop when the show is over. Follow the Swain event on Twitter and like this show on Facebook. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fuel by that and barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Let's get to the phones. 865-255-03. Uh, good morning. Who do we have with us? It's Rusty, just waiting on this sun to rise. Oh, Rusty, man. Good morning. So good to hear good from morning, you. Good morning, bro. Oh, it's always, it's always good on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Thank Makes you. my day so much better. Um. So after rewatching numerous times, the, the disorganization, disorganization pre-snap to me was the real offensive issues. I have my opinions on defense. Defense, I thought, was just a horrible first-half game plan and the wrong way to try to defend that Florida offense and, that, and Mertz. But that's another, that's another thing that they, they can go back and the coaches can just say, hey, we, we messed up. I can't really think about that. But offensively, it was all pre-snap not being able to be organized quick enough. And is it the fact that it's a new OC or is it that Joe isn't processing things quickly or is it that Joe was having to individually check with each offensive lineman because he doesn't have Cooper Mays, who basically took care of the offensive line himself 
and let the quarterback, when he's in the ball game, worry about the skill position checks and and moving faster. And and I I really want your take on it. I don't know that we're that much worse without Cooper physically. I think we're that much worse without Cooper mentally. I think it's worse uh, mentally than physically, but obviously both are in play here. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think the middle's bigger. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I'm not I'm not here to pick on Ollie Lane at, at all because I know he's doing his best. And, yeah, it's not his you fault. Know, it's, it's not, not his it's fault. It's not an effort thing. Uh, yeah, with, with with Ollie and. Coming to the season, the Virginia game was the first time he ever snapped a football. So right. it's not his one's fault three, we didn't. One's ha- a three-year starter. Yeah, it's not his one's fault. One's a three-year we- starter and one's a new guy. Yeah, it's not his fault that no you don't have um, legitimate center backups, and it's not his fault that Cooper w- was out. But no, that no. scene down no. there it got to him. I mean, he tried, he did a fake snap. That's yeah. That's all mental right there, right? So, because this is an nerves, un- uncomfortable nerves, situation. Mental. It was the first time yeah. he played center in that environment. And so, yeah, yeah, I think Cooper's um, approach mentally is is definitely needed. Um, it missed more than his play physically. Yeah, I can't disagree with you on that one. Yeah. I, I just – I saw too many times Joe was having to go talk into the earpiece of each of the offensive linemen. And I don't believe that would have had to happen if Joe could just give the signal to Coop or Coop get the signal and Coop be the one that communicates with the line and take that burden off of Joe. And I believe that's been going on when Coop's been in the ballgame the last couple of years. But, no, this isn't me picking on on, on the guys, any of the guys. No, 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 no. Coop. That, no, no, I just want to make sure. That, yeah, 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 I know. I know. That, that, that's, like, that's like, you know, Bernie Vesey having to come in the ball game a couple snaps for T. Martin. I mean, there's going to be a drop off because one guy's been playing quarterback for two years, and one guy's making his first time he ever took ever took a snap and shotgun. Yeah, you know, there's nobody's going to punish that kid who, who's or, or going to think badly of that kid. No, I, not, I'm assuming not that gonna, I'm assuming he's going to move to left left guard whenever whenever Cooper is back, and he's going to play great at left guard. Is my my assumption? Yeah, maybe that or 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 care his play well enough. To- stay i don't i don't know what's going to happen uh, i know that we won't know if we've made the improvements on the road until october 21st that's the next yeah that's the next test yep no you're right you're right um i don't know what i don't know what else you know we play utsa uh two days right yeah and and people are worried about south carolina and and i know utsa's look bad but they're a they're a team that could show up and play their best game of the year. So I hope everybody is focused on being as loud as they possibly can to make it a horrible environment for UTSA. And I hope we play finally the clean, clean football as a team. It was this time last year that we started playing clean, clean football. We were we were we were kind of a hot mess a little bit, and making a lot of silly stuff. Mm-hmm. Blue Ball State, Akron, and Pitt. Mm-hmm. It, it, it would. It was about this time last year that we started playing clean, and, and hopefully this week, this week, and we we weren't clean for at least the first half against Florida yeah, until the Ramel Keaton until the Ramel Keaton diving catch. Mm-hmm. We were we were a hot mess that day. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, this is the week where we put it all together, and hopefully, you know, there's a kid with maze on his on his jersey out there starting at center. That would be a huge, huge, huge lift. Hundred percent, man. Thank you so much, Rusty. Good stuff uh, as always. Um, let me get to this text box. Back to the text box, Ben. I was joking with Rusty saying that uh, 
we play UTSA in two days because we on this Florida game, like it's a Monday. But I understand because we do the show twice a week. And technically for you guys, it's a Tuesday. <laughs> so I get it. I get it. Jeremiah says, uh, Swain, loving you. Love having you back on the sidelines this season for Vol Network. I feel like we're back in 2014 having the same conversation about the offensive line and Worley running the ball. Dobbs covered up some of the offensive line difficulties in 15 with his ability to run. I think Milton has to keep the defense honest and run the ball to pressure the defense and to cover uh, to cover the entire field. Yeah, Joe just has to be a better runner. I mean, he has to be more decisive um, and just and roll, go and run, run with purpose. Um, there was a quarterback draw, six versus five, and my man Joe was kind of tippy-toeing a little bit, which, hey, if I'm getting beat up by the defense because line ain't, ain't blocking for me like they need to, then I'm sure that will um, impact how I run, but you can't play like that. Like, you got you to gotta run it as if it's blocked. And if it's not, then it's the coach's job to either call something different or replace guys. But, yeah, Joe's going to have to be a better runner. Like, I wish I could lie. And, like, and, and I just can't. Can't lie. I got I to gotta be, I gotta be fair to, to both sides here. I got to be fair to both sides. And I feel like I've been fair to, to both sides here. Um, our, our passionate fans and I mean, our players that they're giving their all. And I know here and there, there's we can point out some plays here and there by certain individuals that is not giving their all, but they're no one likes to lose. No one tries to lose. No one tries to go out there and and, and get shell shocked on the road. But it it happens. I've experienced that as a player on the road. Like it happens. Like you, you enter an L shape ambush and you just don't play. Um, well, and the snowballs, and it's hard to to control it. And um, that doesn't mean that you didn't play hard, that you didn't want to play. I think a lot of people chalked it up to just poor effort, and sometimes it's not. But there were some poor effort plays that we can point out, but I want to make sure that people are fair to our players and coaches and understand that they're not perfect and uh, there's fair criticism in, in, their, in their direction. Uh, it's why you're on the stage. It's why you get paid what you get paid. And it's why you're able to make some money that you're making in NIL because of this stage. So it comes with it. And um, you have to embrace all of it. All right. Back to the text box. I get off my soapbox. Vol from Charlotte. How much was this team pressing on trying to make this team as good as last year's team? And do you think a loss could free them up the rest of the way? Um, Yeah. There should be pressure to be better than last year's team. Do you remember the talk at the beginning of the season, Ben? The talk was about SEC East champions and winning the SEC championship, something that we didn't do last year. So, yeah. And I don't think there's a problem with that. I think there's a problem with that, uh, with that at all. Pressure, pressure, pressure can be good. And I don't think that's pressure that should, should break you. Uh, West Tennessee Vol, I'm glad you guys speak logically. Uh, I guess some of the fans on Twitter makes West Tennessee Vol want to punch them in the face. <laughs> don't get don't get in trouble now. 
Nelson and Jackson says, hang up. We are in football season. Oh, Justin's pre-conversation baseball talk. Justin brought it. He brought it with his phone call. Be quiet, Nelson. Go get us some, some recruits. Go tweet us some recruits, please. 865-255-03. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you right here, guys. Temperatures are changing. And we are entering a phase of the year where um, de- depression is, is more uh, prevalent. Mental health, a serious issue. We're seeing it right now in the NFL. Uh, we see it at every level. It has impacted our, our, our children, uh, our family members. Um, COVID has done a number to uh, a lot of us, being isolated away from others, um, being affected. Life beats us up. Life is not easy. And mind-body wellness is here to, to help with mental wellness i've experienced the benefits of therapy myself i had therapy session uh yesterday and um it's one of my most look forward events of the week or the month um because i know there's some things in the last 39 years that i haven't worked through and i need to work through so that way I can be the best that I can be for the people I love and care about the most. And I'm not afraid to admit that. Um, the reason why we partnered with mind body wellness is because we want to help you. We think it's an important conversation that we need to have. It's a conversation that's been hidden and it's a conversation that's been avoided because men, we don't want to share our emotions. We don't want to admit when something is wrong. And we don't want to admit when we're not okay. And I'm telling you right now, times are changing. And that makes you even stronger. So, Mind Body Wellness here in Knoxville, they are accessible, affordable, available. Their website mindbodyknoxville.com. Go to the website, schedule a mental wellness assessment today. All right, let's go back to the phones, Ben McKee. Good morning. Yo. Yo. Is that Tramel? Uh, yeah. What's up, Tramel? Man, that's perfect time to, uh, you know, advertise that depression and all that, man, because Tennessee football be doing a number on your boy. <laughs> Off one game? <laughs> I mean, you can call it what you want, dude, but I've seen so much stuff in that game that just gave me calls for calls, bro. Yeah, I was, just I was, a I was lot. Like, a lot, man. Like, I, and I hate to say this, I lost a little bit of respect for Josh calling that timeout with four seconds left. Like, come on, bro. Like, that was petty. Like, we got our butt kicked. Like, take that butt whooping and get on down. And then just at some point, at points in that game, bro, it just looked like he just didn't know what he was doing. Like, he looked like, it. it's the first time to me, it looked gimmicky. It looked gimmicky. I ain't going to lie. And I'm just sitting here just like, wow, we don't know. We can't do anything? And like we can't do anything. 
And then the coach is looking dumbfounded a little bit, man, on on a couple of occasions. I'm not trying to be negative or not, but uh, anything, man. But I just saw a lot of things in that game that gave me super cause pause. Third time going somewhere, not being prepared. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, and then when they asked him the question about it, you know, uh, about the, you know what I'm saying, about the crowd noise and this and that and the third, he's like, well, I guess we just have to ramp that up a little bit more. Like, I mean, it's, it's one time's a mistake, two times a, you know what I'm saying, it's maybe a hiccup, but the third third time is a trend. Kind of scary, you know what I'm saying, seeing that, you know, I don't know if it's all quarterback. I don't know if it's all, I know the center, the you know, the upstairs, the center, I meant the head coach, the center, uh, the quarterback connection is huge. It's super huge. You know what I'm saying? They got their center back, and we see what happens to their offensive line. It got a little bit better. So the same thing I think can happen for us. Uh, but I think a lot more than that, the defense. Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it just was a crazy game, brother. Just the kids to go down there so unprepared when, you know what I'm saying, it seemed like we were the most we've ever been prepared before. Like, I really thought we were the most – prepared we've ever been to go down there to the swamp and win it and then to come out and lay that egg like that man yeah after one game I did does give me cause for pause it does it does I've watched you know we watched this game so long I mean there's so many things in that game just kind of gave me the cause for pause but I hope that they can fix things man I hope that things can be a little bit better as the season goes on but that defensive line the offensive line where it starts in the trenches I mean it's you can't win no ball games if you can't block. You can't win no ball games if you can't stop the run and get no pressure on the quarterback. It's, it's just that simple. And I don't know if that's a quick fix. And it seems crazy that we don't have any de- kids developed after, you know what I'm saying, some of these kids. You can't, you can't bring somebody up in. You know, they've been here. You know, you would think they had. They've coached these kids up and developed them uh, a little bit more than what, what, what we saw this weekend. Now, it was a shell-shocking game, and this and the third, I don't know. If a whole team, I mean, you probably can attest to this a little bit more, uh, a whole team can kind of just get shell-shocked as we did. Uh, everybody from, like you said, from coaches to players to, you know, everybody. Nobody's exempt from, you know, that embarrassment that happened. But uh, I don't know, man. You know me, I've been a, a Super Bowl my whole life. You know what I'm saying? And I really had a uh, big optimistic uh, about this season. Um, but, I mean, we still got games to play. You know what I'm saying? Things can't change around. You know what I'm saying? I just, the trenches is what scares me. After one game, yeah, the trenches scares me and the tackling in space scares me. And I mean, just all of it, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm not trying to be like that. And then, you know what I'm saying? And now we all worried about the team we about to play. You, you good, Tremel? Hey, we shouldn't be, huh? I say, keep going, man. Keep, hey, share, share how you feel. I'm just saying, I mean, the the team that we about to play is, you know, last call, it just seemed like we was kind of scared to play them. It's just like, and even hypo, it's just like, dang. Okay. These, uh, they're a good team, you know what I'm saying? But there's no way we should be, like, fearing them at this point of this tenure of any of this. You know what I'm saying? I just see a lot of fear in this team. Like, scared that we possibly lose this game, this team. And that's crazy to me. Where we at in the year, in the year we in, and we supposed to be ahead of schedule, like, yeah, man. I feel, uh, I feel I ain't trying you, man. I ain't trying to get my fears, but it's scared, dog. It is. I, like, Tremel, I, I understand. I understand where you're coming from. I, I feel you. I appreciate the phone call. I'm glad you were able to get that off your chest. Um, I'll I'll say this to Tremel's comments. 
Um, the issues we saw in the Florida game, some of those issues can be can be fixed in a week. Some of those issues that include offensive line without Cooper Mays or even offensive line with Cooper Mays can't just be fixed snapping your finger. There's some things you can do to improve, mask some of the weaknesses, but they can improve. Tackling can improve 100%. Being where you need to be, uh, fitting gaps, that can be improved. Um, We can throw it better. We can run it better. There's a lot of things that can be improved, and some that's going to take the offseason from that game. But I do understand Tramiel's feeling. I do. Um, Tramiel's been holding this all in all week, man. So get it out, Tramiel, on Thursday. Now, Josh Hopper calling timeout. Do you mind if I keep it real, Ben? You mind? Okay. You, You do mind or you don't mind? I can say, okay, you give me permission to keep it real. Okay, um, we we know Josh Josh Heupel is a bit. He's he's always been petty. We we liked the pettiness last year. We liked it in his first year when he ran up the score of Missouri at their own house. We liked it last year when he ran the trick play with. With Princeton Fant versus UT Martin. Oh, yeah, we we liked that. We liked it. We like the pettiness when 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 it benefits us. But that was the first time where the the pettiness, maybe it was pettiness, maybe it wasn't. But I think it's a little bit of that and pride. But Bill Napier called timeout, which he didn't have to do. I don't care if you didn't want to take a delay game or not. And I'm not saying what Josh Heupel did was right, taking the timeout. But I can put myself in Heupel's shoes and go, man, you got the game one. You going to call a timeout? All right, I'm going to call a timeout too then. But because of their actions, it led to players being suspended by, by two coaches. And so the, this is the first time where the Patriots got, got Heupel maybe in a little bit of uh, trouble in terms of you know, fair, some fair criticism. But, hey, man, I get it because I'm petty sometimes. Um, I understand. And there's going to be times when I'm petty and it it bites me. And there's going to be other times when the pettiness um, doesn't get me in trouble. And so, but let's not forget the times that we loved and encouraged the pettiness in the first two years. Josh Hype. All right, let me get back to the text text box. Oh, boy. Tramiel. Tramiel. Uh, Johnny Dollar. Seth Stokes back in the house. Love the show, guys. Thank you, Johnny Dollar. Uh, Jennifer Morris. Did we miss out on some... Online portal guys that shows other schools over at UT. I mean, we got we got two this past uh, cycle in the portal. We gotta we gotta get more this cycle, and the guys that we recruited this cycle. I don't know if we can expect them to be day one contributors on the offensive line, um, but the, the guys that were recruited uh, in the first two recruiting cycles under Hypo, they 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 got to step up next year, and we gotta nail it in the portal. Uh, as well. 
All right, Ben. Next segment. All you, man. All you. It's the Ben McKee segment. Ben McKee segment. Are you ready, Ben? tells me. Huh? I said, people don't want to hear that. I only know baseball. That's what the message board tells me. Oh, man. 865-255-03. We'll come back for our last segment. Getting your message in on the text box. Um, final thoughts. Final comments. Ben McKee. Go Vols 247. It's ben McKee segment coming up. <laughs> hey, Knoxville. We all know the importance of mental health. Most people don't have regular mental health care. They often wait. Let's change that. Isn't it time we all consider our mental health as important as our physical health? If you are ready, Mind Body Wellness in Knoxville can help you design a plan for your mental wellness. We are accessible, affordable, and available. You are worth it. Visit mindbodyknoxville.com to schedule a mental wellness assessment today. It is so good to be here with Charlie Pratt with Modern Woodman and MWA Financial Services. And Charlie, you have a passion for helping and working with East Tennesseans. Why is that? Man, I was born and raised here in Knoxville. Uh, My family's owned a business here since the 1920s. I played football at Central High School and Maryville College. I'm just really proud to work in East Tennessee. What are you the most proud of? We do a really good job of meeting people where they're at on their financial journey. I've got clients uh, that are just now starting out. I've got clients that are in the middle of saving and doing a great job job. And I've got clients who have worked really hard their whole lives and it's time for them to enjoy their retirement. It's my job to make sure their money lasts as long as they do in retirement and they're able to leave a legacy for their family. So with that being said, what are the next steps? Let's sit down and take a look at your financial plan. Give me a call 865-919-6468. Registered representative and investment advisor, representative offering securities and advisory services through NWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Woodman of America, member of INCRA, SIPC. Dead End Barbecue has you covered when you need the food to be on point for your next event. Go to deadendbbq.com to learn more or call 865-414-9417. Dead End Barbecue, the catering search is over. Guys, let me talk to you here. If you've noticed a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be Low T. Schedule your complete health assessment at Low T Center. They now offer the convenience of monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for just $155 a month cash pay or covered by most health insurance. If you don't live near Low T Center or you just want the convenience of an at-home treatment, Low T Center makes it easy shipping your treatments directly to you with the peace of mind of monitored treatment. Go to LowTCenter.com to book your appointment online. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. I know missing the show live is a bummer, but don't fret. You can catch up on the podcast posted daily on the app, online, and on iTunes. Awesome! Swainvents, Swainvents.com, fueled by damn barbecue. Not bad, I ain't mean to play the McKee Nursery on the program this, this morning. Uh, but the McKee Nursery might have to get a little bit bigger. Um, uh, Ben, his family announced that they will be expecting another child, so we're happy for him, uh, which may mean they may need a new house, Ben. I mean, uh, what's the story there, man? You hitting up Jennifer Morris or what? <laughs> yeah, my, we absolutely need a new house, and we will be putting Jennifer Morris <laughs> to work again and soon and, and quickly. In fact, we've already put her to work here in, in, in recent months. Um, but we, we need a new house, a bigger house, and we will certainly be utilizing Jennifer Morris. I said it on Tuesday. I'll say it again. The best part about Jennifer is 
not her actual job. She's great at that. Don't get me wrong. But the best part about working with Jennifer is how she makes the process seamless and and easy. She takes a lot of stress off of you uh, to where she she wears that stress. Uh, she she stresses out over making sure that her client is happy and enjoying uh, what can be a very nerve wracking process. So we greatly appreciated uh, Jennifer for all the work that she did for us. And, and we look forward to working with her again. And I cannot encourage enough everybody out there uh, who is looking to move to Knoxville or in Knoxville looking to upgrade, uh, buy property, whatever, whatever you want to do, Jennifer can, can help you do it uh, in, in any way possible. So I can't encourage you to reach out to Jennifer Morris of Keller Williams Realty enough. Beatty Chevrolet text box this morning, BeattyChevrolet.com brings us the text box. Also, um, if you miss any part of the show, you need to go on podcast it. We are available wherever you get your podcast. Thanks to Betty Chevrolet. Jamel says, I'm sorry, y'all. I didn't mean to be that way on Thursday. I missed Tuesday. But y'all are therapy, especially after a loss. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, hey, man, I understand, Jamel. I understand. That's why I let you do your thing, man. I, I knew you need to get that off your chest. I, I, I felt it. So I get it. I know a lot of people probably feel the way you feel, even on a Thursday. And um, I'm not here to tell you that, 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 that uh, it's peaches and cream, but I also will say that the sky's not falling and there's no reason to jump off the ledge either. Um, there's some things that have to be addressed in the off season, but there's some things that they can be fixed right now. This is a good question by Chad Ray. Do y'all think Hypo is still learning as a coach in the SEC? Much in the way a player has to catch up with the speed and talent in the SEC, is it the coaching a different level also? I think every coach is learning every day in the SEC. You don't think Nick Saban is learning right now? A dude has been wildly successful, winning multiple championships, created a dynasty. Um, He's an old dog, but he still has to learn some new tricks. But I do understand what you're saying. Um, this is Hypo's third year coming from Central Florida, and um, I just think Hypo understands how important it is to have serious depth on, on the offensive line and how important it is to, to not miss. You can't miss. And recruiting. You can't miss. The the marginal error is just smaller in this conference. So, um, I mean, seven offensive linemen that we've recruited since 2021, and none of them are playing right now. So, I think that's the lesson right there. Like, can't you can't you can't you can't have that so uh, i think we'll go hard to to correct uh long-term um depth in the trenches and offensive line but that doesn't mean this season cannot be good i believe in hypo's offensive ability to mask some um deficiencies there with the offensive line and but it helps to get Cooper Mays back too 
Nelson from Jackson. Ben may think he looks like Steph Curry, which he doesn't, but he's definitely shooting like him. Congratulations. Congrats, my guy. That is from um, <laughs> Nelson from Jackson. Appreciate you, Nelson. <laughs> oh, Five Cent Vol says, yes, I agree, Swain. I like the timeout. You said it right. I mean, I was ready to go. I didn't like it <laughs> because I, I was ready to go. That's why I didn't like it. Not because of any other reason. Some people didn't like it because they thought he was being petty. Some people didn't like it because they were ready to watch Colorado, Colorado State. I didn't like it because I was ready to go. I didn't want to be out there anymore. That's why. <laughs> I didn't like it. Run the ball. Let's go. Let's get out of this. Be respectful of this place. All right, Ben. Last thoughts. Uh, at 10 o'clock, I got to get on XM Radio, Alyssa Lane and Chris Dorn. This will be the first time I'll be talking to Chris Dorn since last week's bet of the T-shirt. So I guess I better wrap things up here. When are you uh, posting this photo on social media? I ain't got the shirt yet. Take your time, Chris. Take your time. You, you should have picked uh, picked one up while you were down in the swamp last weekend. I'm not buying no damn Florida shirt. It's his responsibility to give me the shirt. Fair enough, but uh, I I think Saturday is real simple for Tennessee. I, I think it would be a great sign of cutting down on the penalties, and I also think it would be great to see Tennessee win more in the trenches as as well. Tennessee's defensive front should frankly dominate UTSA in the trenches. I'd like to say the same thing about Tennessee's offensive line. I just don't know the personnel is going to allow you to do that. But against UTSA, you should certainly win far more battles than than you should lose if you're Tennessee's offensive line. So, uh, and and then the, the missed tackles. I, I do think it's kind of an outlier that that hasn't really been the norm for for Tim Banks's defense for for the most part. And a good chunk of those came from the secondary as well. Uh, so I, I expect that to get cleaned up. But those are kind of the three things I'm I'm looking for uh, this weekend: clean up the penalties, win the trenches, and, and clean up the missed tackles. And uh, yes, it's UTSA, but Seth Stokes hit, hit the nail on the head earlier. It's UTSA, but it's not Austin P. It's a good football program that in between that that's perfect uh, for for Tennessee to to sharpen its tools before it goes into South Carolina. Uh, ben McKee, I promise you, after this game, I will be in a better mood and I will talk to you okay well i don't want to talk to you after the game so no i'm talking i'm talking to you this game but i'm not going to talk to you well i'll do the talking you, you, you did talking last week i'll do talking this week all right how about that deal deal last thing you want to do guys is experience breakdowns in your heating system when the first temperature drop happens that's why uh, it's time to get your heating tune-up taken care of and luckily, there's happy half-off month at Hiller. Tune-ups are 50% off. This month, Hiller is making it easier than ever to tackle those necessary home replacements by giving you 50% off select add-on items. Hiller's work is backed by the Happy You'll Be Your Services free guarantee, and they make it super easy for you to book uh, appointments. You go online. Uh, it's very convenient. You select the appointment time that works for you and get instant confirmation. That is Hiller. Plumbing, heating, cooling, and electrical. Happyhealer.com.
gmail.com. All right, man, Tuesday. We are back. 8 a.m. We'll rock it out. Big thanks to everyone listening. Great phone calls um, today. I know this is our second day this week. So I understand the need to get things off the chest from the previous game. But man, what an opportunity for this team uh, to get right game for, for Tennessee. And we'll be back on Tuesday to talk about it uh, and much more. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue rest- restaurant in America. For Ben McKee of Golf Hall 247, I'm Jason Swain. Peace and much love. We are out.